Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Man, didn't you enjoy that yesterday? That was so rich. If if you're online and, and you didn't get to make it here tomorrow, you need to get online and you need to listen to the ministry that went out of here yesterday. It was outstanding, outstanding. Every bit of it, every, everyone that shared was just, uh, wow, it was just a well. It was a deep well. And as I was sitting listening, I don't remember which, (laughs) I don't remember which, it was one of the younger ones, either Josh and Tabitha or Josh and Jess that were ministering and the Holy Spirit nudged me and he said you better keep your sword sharp you better keep your sword sharp because while you are loved greatly while you are invaluable to me you're not irreplaceable (laughs) yes sir Yes, sir. Well, we're going to kind of wrap this up today. There, there's, there was so much to get into this that I, I, I didn't get a chance to. Maybe we'll get to do it a different time or the Lord will lead somebody else in, to get in there. You can talk about, uh, we're talking about the rain. You can talk about the manifestations of the rain. You can talk about the suddenness of the rain. You know, uh, weathermen can tell you that it's going to rain. But they can't pinpoint to you when it's going to rain. All of a sudden, it just rains. I mean, you can have all the signs. You can have all the, the elements ready. And it can be dry one minute and rain in the next. Because that's the nature of the rain. That's how it is. You can talk. We talk about the suddenness of the rain. You can talk. There's, there's just so much you can talk about it. But really, as I was thinking about this, the Lord, uh, when we ended up last week, there, there was the last part that we just kind of rushed through to get it, get it out. And the Lord said, no, you need to go back. You need to slow down. And you need to talk about this some more. Because it is so vital, guys. It is so vital that we understand how important prayer is when it comes to getting the rain. We have to understand how vital prayer is. The word, the word is important. Yes, it is. It's vital. But if you go back and you read about any great move of God, it always, always, without exception, started because somebody prayed. Somebody got under a burden to see something change. Because somebody got tired of the status quo. And they wanted to see God do something. And we talked last week a lot about prayer and, and about tarrying and, and really how the tarrying before the Lord, it's, 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 a lost, it's a lost art in the church. We don't know how to tarry. 
If we can't get our prayer answered in 10 or 15 minutes, we move on. But again, we mentioned last week how this tarrying thing of tarrying prayer. My Lord, when you read about these people that, that, that prayed in revival, they weren't namby-pamby about it. You know, I, as I was thinking, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I was, I was thinking as I was, like a lot of you watching the, 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 the revival there in Kentucky and what was going on and how many, what was it, over 100,000 people in two weeks, something like that. People coming from all over the country. And I thought to myself, you know, I wonder what would have happened if those people would have taken that time that they used the days, the time that they took off work, the time that they did everything that they did to rush to where they could get some kind of spiritual buzz, if they would have took that time, that two, three, four days, and just got alone with God, just got into God's presence, just got into the presence of the Lord for their area, for their region. I was listening to one young man and he said, there's people that travel 17, 17 hours to get to this revival, but they can't spend 17 minutes in prayer. Ouch. But see, when you, when you pray revival down, and you get, in, you get in a spirit of prayer for revival, it, you go to a whole different place. You go to a whole different place. You go, you go to a place of hunger that you've never been before. You're so hungry to see God move, and you're so desperate to see God move. And we talked last week about the sound of, of, of desperation in your prayer. Hannah, how that her prayer, you know, when you start praying in desperation, there are people who aren't going to be understand what you're doing. They're going to look at pe people that look at you and think you're out of your mind. There are going to be church people that think you're out of your mind, that you're getting too extreme with this. But Hannah was in an extreme place. She needed an extreme answer. And so her prayer took on an extreme nature. It did. And we talked about last week how she had no idea what she was praying down. She just wanted a son. She didn't realize that she was praying down something that was going to change and change the course of an entire nation. She was going to give birth to a son that was going to, God was going to use to change the whole course of, of the nation of Israel, take them from a place of idolatry, take them from a place of, of, of self-centered worship and lead them back to God. She was given birth to the one who was going to be the one to anoint the greatest king that Israel ever knew. She didn't know that. All she knew was that she needed some help, and she needed prayer, and she was tired of being in the place she was in. She was tired of being in the condition she was in. And she was going to get her answer. <laughs> she was going to get what she wanted. If she was going to petition God or die trying. 
So I want to talk, we're going to talk just for a little bit this morning on, we talked and we, like I said, the last little bit, we just kind of rushed through, but Holy Spirit really told me to go back and, and really slow down with this and, and look at this. The scripture we've been using, let's, let's pray first. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Father, your word is to be honored. Your word is to be respected. Your word is to be hallowed. Your word is to be treasured. Father, you gave us this, and you didn't even have to do it. You gave us your word, Lord, when you didn't even have to do that. You could have left us to our own devices. You could have left us to make it through this life. But you gave us this word. And we are grateful for it this morning. So you take this word this morning, Lord. This is your word. Father, you hide me behind the cross this morning. So that the only thing, the only thing that is seen, Jesus, is you. And nothing else. In Jesus, your great name, amen. All right, so we've, we've been... We're using the scripture that God gave Pastor Sean at the beginning of the year in Zechariah 10, one, ask the Lord for rain. In the time of the latter rain, the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. And how that word ask means to put a demand on or come into agreement with. That's the Hebrew meaning of this scripture. And that and it's, it, of rain or ask in the scripture, it's it's to place a demand on something, or to come into agreement with something. So we talked about tarrying a little bit last week, and and all that's involved with with tarrying, and how that tarrying is difficult. Tarrying is demanding. Tarrying takes you out of your normal mode a prayer, and takes you into a different place. And you can go back again, and I'm not, again, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but you can go back and you can read how people prayed when they were, when they were wanting revival. And their prayer, their prayer time, the way that they prayed is absolutely incredible, the way that they prayed. I, 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 I think sometimes people talk about the busyness of their lives and how they don't have time to pray. If you don't have time to pray, you're too busy. If you don't have time to get on your face before the Lord, you're too busy. If you don't have time to get into the Word, you're too busy. And you need to, you need to step back and you need to do some reprioritizing. It doesn't matter if you're going through hard times. You need to pray. I, I'm going to, real quick here, I'm going to read you some quotes. These, these are so good on prayer. And these are people who knew about prayer and they knew how to pray. R.A. Torrey said this, when the devil sees a man or a woman who really believes in prayer, who knows how to pray, who really does pray, and above all, when he sees a whole church on its face before God, he trembles as much as he ever did 
for he knows that his day in that church or community is at an end. You want to see you you want you want to put the devil on his heels. You want to get the devil on the defensive. Be a prayer. I mean, don't be a prayer. Be a prayer. Spend some serious time on your face before God. Well, I have this to do. I have this. You know what? The intensity that you pray with is going to determine how much of the rain you get. Watchman Nee said prayer is work. The experience of many children of God demonstrates that it accomplishes far more than does any other form of work. It is also warfare. For it is one of the weapons in fighting the enemy. Prayer in the spirit is genuinely effective. The coming revival must begin with a great revival of prayer. It is in the closet with the door shut that the sound of abundance of rain will first be heard. I'm I'm, going to say that again. It is in the closet with the door shut that the sound of abundance of rain will first be heard. An increase of secret prayer will be the sure harbinger of blessing. <laughs> the, and the increase of secret prayer. See, it's, this, this is about corporate prayer. But it's even more so about your private prayer life. Let's try these over here. This is not so much about corporate prayer as it is your private prayer life. It's about my private prayer life. I cannot expect God to move if I'm not willing to get on my face and fight this thing out. It's called contending for the faith. It's called contending for revival. You know, when you're contending for something, you're paying the price for it. When you're contending for something, you're paying the price for it. I think it was Pastor Sean Wednesday night that said, and was talking about the pain of discipline versus the pain of disobedience. You're going to get pain. You just have to decide what kind of pain you're going to get. A.W. Tozer said you must pray with all your might. That does not mean saying your prayers or sitting gazing about in church or chapel with eyes wide open while someone else says them for you. It means fervent, effectual, untiring wrestling with God. This kind of prayer Be sure the devil and the world and your own nature will oppose. Thomas Brooks said that. No, Thomas Brooks said this. Cold prayers are as arrows without heads, as swords without edges, as birds without wings. They pierce not, they cut not, they fly not to heaven. Cold prayers always freeze before they reach heaven. (laughs) Listen, prayer is a serious business with God. 
You don't get anything from him without prayer. You, what you get in the spirit, you get because you're willing to dig for it. Because you're willing to, to dig the well that you're going you're gonna to get the refreshing from. You don't just get water out of the ground by wishing it to come up out of the ground. You don't get water just from wishing it's good. Well, I sure wish, I'm sure thirsty. A lot of times you've got to dig the well. Come on, I'm talking to someone this morning. I don't know who this is for, but God's dealing with you about your prayer life, and he's wanting you to go deeper in your prayer life with him. James 5.16, this is the other one that the that pastor gave us. I have, I have spent so much time looking at this, this verse of Scripture that when I open my Bible, that's what it falls open to. I don't even have to look for it. It just opens to James 5, 17, 16 through 18. What's it say? Confess your transgressions one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Listen to this in, 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 the, in the Passion. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power is released to the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like all of us. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. He actually shut the heavens over the land so that there would be no rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. And the skies opened up over the land so that the rain came again and produced a harvest. <laughs> you don't think prayer is important? James said, James said, you don't get the rain either before or you don't, you don't get the rain without prayer. The degree to which we remain in relentless, consistent, fervent prayer will determine the degree to which we experience the rain. You pray a little bit, you may get a little rain. You may get a sprinkle. You may get a drizzle. But that's not what I'm after. I'm after the Geshem, remember? The abundant rain. The heavy rain. That's what, that's what Elijah was listening for. He wasn't going to be satisfied with just a little pitter-patter. He knew the big rain was coming. He knew the heavy rain was coming. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for daddy to come in the room. I'm looking for the king to come in the room. I'm not looking for daddy to come and visit me. I'm, 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 I'm looking for the king to come and visit me. I want the king to come and visit me. I want the king in all of his glory. When I step into this, when we step into this sanctuary, we should be concerned and we should be concentrating on one thing, that the king steps into the room with us. Or better yet, that we just get into the flow of what's already here. 
that may be a, bit, a little better way of saying it, that we are able to get into the flow because the king's here. Hallelujah. Fervent prayer and constant prayer is what takes us from theology to demonstration. <laughs> you can pray and you can have a good head knowledge of all of this stuff. You can, you can quote scriptures on, 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 the, on, on prayer and on revival till the cows come home. You can. But fervent prayer is what takes you from here, the head knowledge of it, to the experiential, the heart, the demonstration of it. This word effective, in the Greek, it is the word energeo. It means to work effectively, to cause something to happen, to energize. It means power in exercise and is used only of superhuman power. It means to put forth energy to be at work, to produce results. What Paul is saying is that the power of prayer exerts and the power of effective prayer exerts effective energetic power in believers. The word fervent, the fervent effectual prayer, the word fervent means heartfelt petition arising out of a deep personal need, a need that is personal and urgent. I don't know if you've ever been to a place where you needed an urgent answer to prayer. I don't know I have. And yes, and you're not willing to settle for anything less. It is prayer that will not stop. It's prayer that will not relent. It's prayer that will not give up until what is promised is released. Until what has been said becomes reality. See, this is, this is how, especially in, in, in the Western church, we'll pray But we'll only go and look for the cloud once. And if the cloud's not there, then we start blaming God. We start, we start pointing the finger back at God. Well, I, you said this, but I don't see no cloud. I guess I missed it. I guess I didn't hear. I guess you're not going to answer. I guess you don't love us. Now, I know none of you would think that way. But there are people who do. When they start praying and they don't see God answer in an instant, they get all out, of, all out of whack. Their spirit gets all out of whack. Because there's no urgency within their spirit to keep going and to keep, keep after this until they get what they're after. Talked about William Seymour last week, the, the man that God used in, in, in Azusa Street. That guy so wanted 
the power of God, and he was so hungry for the Lord that they wouldn't even let him in Bible classes because he was black. He would sit outside the door of the class and listen and learn because he was so hungry for God, and he was so hungry to see God move in his life that he said, I don't care if you don't let me in. I don't care if you don't let me sit in with you. I, I could care less. I'm going, to get from, I, I'm going to get from God what I came here to get. You want to see the rainfall? Start coming with that attitude. I don't care what the rest of you do. I don't care what everybody else does. You can live your life dry as shucks if you want to. But I'm going to have the rain. I'm serious. I'm going to have the rain. I don't care if I have to whip every devil in hell. I'm going to have the rain. I'm going to do what is necessary. I'm going to stay after this. I am going to keep after this. I know this, man, this is, this is something that the church, we don't, even, we don't hear much in the church anymore. We do hear. But most churches, you don't hear about praying like this. You know why? Because it takes effort. Because it's hard on your flesh. Your flesh wants to stay up and watch TV. Your flesh wants to scroll on your phone. Come on, I'm talking to myself as much here as I am anybody. Your flesh wants to do crossword puzzles. Your flesh wants to put puzzles together. Your flesh wants to do every... You want to you see how much of your flesh... Just start thinking about praying. And see how many things you can think of that you should be doing or that you want to do. This isn't hard, is it? It's not the person that makes the prayer effective and powerful. Yeah, sorry, it's not you. It's not me. What makes the prayer powerful is the practice of being relentless, constant, fervent, effective. That's what makes the prayer effective. James said what? He said, Elijah was a man just like we are. No different. You don't believe it? Go over a couple chapters in, in 1 Kings after you read about him calling down the rain and calling down the fire and, and, and see where he's at. <laughs> he's running for his life out in the desert feeling sorry for himself. So it's not about you. It's not about you're, you're not the one who, who is the, 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 the element in this. If you won't pray, God will find somebody who will pray. If you're not going to take the time to pray, then somebody else is going to get your blessing. Oh, come on. Somebody else is going to get what God meant for you. I don't want anybody getting any of my stuff. When it comes to the I'm dead serious about this. When it comes to the Spirit and it comes to the things of God, you can't have any of mine. You know why? You know why? You know why the five foolish virgins did not go in to the to the merit to the supper to, with the bridegroom? 
It was because they ran out of oil. But what did they do? What did they do? They went to the, the other virgins and they said, what? hey, give us some of your oil. I want to tell you this morning, nobody else has what you need. You're not going to get what you need from Pastor Sean. You're not going to get what you need from Dale or Rick or Marshall or Bruce or Mary. You're not going to get from them what you need. You're going to have to get it yourself. You're going to have to get the supply of oil yourself. You're going to have to come before the throne of God. You're going to have to get on your face, and you're going to have to get from him what you need. You can't draw on anybody else. You can't draw on anybody else to get what you need and what you're after. It says, Elijah wasn't anything special. But he prayed earnestly, it says. He prayed earnestly. That literally means he prayed with prayer intensity. He prayed with prayer intensity. Earnestly means to act or respond in a serious manner. Not lightly, not casually, not flippantly. It is characterized or proceeding from an intense and a serious state of mind. I'm going I'm to take that word mind out of there, and I'm going to insert the word spirit. It means it is characterized and proceeds from an intense and serious state of spirit. It wasn't Elijah's posture. You read in 1 Kings, it says that he was down on his face and he had his face in between his knees praying. It wasn't because of the posture he had. It was what he was praying. And it was his consistency. Go look. Did you see anything? No? Nope. Okay, we're going back to prayer again then. I, let my, I was talking to one of my granddaughters, Ellie. She's a senior high school. And, and they got a group of kids that she's, she's involved with. And they're, they're going around Great Falls High School there, and they're laying hands on teachers and praying for them. They're, they're, they're going around and, and ministering to kids. They had one little gal that came, and they were praying for her, and she was totally deaf in one ear. Totally deaf. Now, this, this is adults. These are teenagers. And they prayed. They said, how you feel? She said, I still can't hear. One little gal says, well, we're going to pray again. And they prayed again. And they asked her again, how you, how you I, I, still, I still can't hear anything. Well, we're going to pray again. And you know what? That little gal, last time I talked to Ellie, she has 80% hearing in that ear now. Why? Because those kids didn't give up. They were like, we're, 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 we will have this. We will see this. That's what we're talking about with this fervency, this earnest prayer. It is difficult. Earnest prayer is difficult, guys. I'm not, I'm not going to try to make it out to be something that's not. Prayer is hard work. Revival is hard work. 
Receiving the rain is hard. It's not easy. If it was easy, everywhere would have it. Everywhere would have it. But it's not easy at all. It requires persistent, a relentless attitude that says, I will not let go until I get what I'm after. You see, in the spirit, you've got to have a little bulldog in you. You've got to have a little pit bull in you that grabs a hold and don't let go. It's not something you find room for in your busy schedule and lifestyle. It is your lifestyle. Well, I know, listen. <laughs> I, know you, I know we have things to do. I know we have, we have jobs, we have families, but you know what? It is time that we quit using those things as an excuse. I know they're responsible. You've got responsibility. Absolutely. Fulfill them, but don't use them as an excuse for not praying. Don't use your family situation for an excuse not to pray. Don't use any excuse that you can come up with and we are so good at using them to keep us from praying. Well, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Well, I have good news for you. When you don't know how to pray, the Spirit makes intercession for you. <laughs> he knows how to pray. You know what I've started doing? I've started when I get on my knees in the morning, I say, Jesus, the Word says that you live to intercede for me. <laughs> that you live for it. It is what you are constantly doing. Because you're interceding, you know the mind of the Father. And Holy Spirit, you are going to help me to come into agreement with the great intercessor. Jesus, I'm not interested in what I'm praying today. I'm not interested in praying what I, my agenda today. I want your agenda. What do you want to pray about today? What do you want me to pray about? What do you want? Holy Spirit, help me to pray that out. You know what? When you come into agreement with Jesus, <laughs> those prayers always get answered. There is not one prayer Jesus says that does not get answered. So why not come into agreement with him? Why not pray what he's praying? Why not, why not get into the Spirit and, and let the Holy Spirit pray with you through and through you and agree with him. The word says if any two agree as to touching anything on earth, it's done. So you realize what happens when you come into agreement? You're, you're doing what the scripture says. You're coming into agreement with, with the great interceder, the great advocate. <laughs> and he's praying, out, he's praying out the will of God. He's praying out the mind of God. So when you get into this, you're praying the mind of God out with him. You're praying into being what God wants to happen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not something you just find room for in your busy schedule. It becomes your lifestyle. I had one of my, oh, I got to hurry. 
I had one of my mentors, one of my spiritual fathers, Brother Kaufman. This, I learned more about prayer from this guy. He was retired for ministry. And that dude was still up at 4.30 every morning. And he would pray for three or four hours a day. He was retired. He didn't have to. But it had become his lifestyle. He didn't know anything else. He didn't know any how, to, how to be anything else except 4.30. I got to be up. I got to be praying. I'm going to move on here. It's prayer that's constant. Let's look at, at, at Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 12. And we're going to read... Uh, The first five verses. Now about the time that Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James with the sword and the brother of John with the sword. Or killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him into prison and delivered him for four squads of, to four squads of soldiers to keep and continue to bring him before the people on the Passover. Verse 5. Therefore, Peter was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Just some different translations of what it says there. So Peter was kept in prison, but fervent, persistent prayer for him was made to God by the church. Another translation says, while Peter was kept in jail, the church never stopped praying to God for him. Another one says, Peter therefore was kept in the prison, but constant prayer was made by the church to God for him. Another one says, thus Peter was kept in prison, but the church prayed to God without ceasing for him. So you get the idea here? So Peter was kept in prison, but long fervent prayer was offered to God by the church on his behalf. Peter therefore was kept in custody, but incessant prayer was made to God for him by the church. Constant prayer. You see, there's a difference in being constant and being consistent. Do you know that? Consistency is come, means to come into agreement, be compatible with, reliable, steady, marked by harmony, continuity that is free from variableness or contradiction. That's consistency. Constant is continually occurring. Persistent, unchanging in nature. Constant prayer positions us to constantly experience the rain. When the rain starts falling, guys, that's not the time to quit praying and sit back and say, well, here we are. It's here. Hallelujah. No, no, no. If anything, your prayer gets greater in that time. You start praying harder. You start praying more consistently for it. Constant prayer preserves us until we see what God has said comes to pass. Again, listen to me. It is not begging. Constant prayer is not begging. You're not begging God for a thing. You're not having to plead with God for anything. It's not hoping God will do something if we convince him enough. <laughs> it's not manipulative, trying to push God to release what we want. 
It's constantly praying. It's constantly decreeing. It's constantly declaring. Constantly affirming in faith that God will complete his promise regardless of what we see, feel, or think. It's a burning, consuming conviction that God will do what he said he will do. Constant prayer. It is constant prayer that opens the door to the supernatural. It is constant prayer that opens the door to the supernatural. Let's look. <laughs> Let's look at First um, Thessalonians 5.17 real quick. First Thessalonians 5.17 says this. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> Is that difficult for you to understand? You don't need a theological degree. You don't need to have a doctorate in theology to understand that. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. The New International, New International Version says pray continually. The New Living Translation says never stop praying. The Amplified Bible says be unceasing and persistent in prayer. The International Standard again says continually be prayerful. The Worsley New Testament says pray continually. Pray without ceasing. You know, it's, uh, it's time that we, we, we get away from some of this goofy stuff. Well, you can't always be, you can't always be in, 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 in prayer. What did we just read? What did we just read? This was not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Pray without ceasing. Some of you are looking at me like, what? Are you kidding me? Constant prayer will open the doors to the supernatural realm. This is a relevant parallel to where we are when we're praying for the rain. We keep praying constantly, of course. But listen, you have to be ready in your prayer to be ready for the holy moment when what you are praying for comes knocking on the door. We're going we're gonna to close with this. <laughs> They're praying for Peter. God deliver him. God deliver him. God deliver him. There's a knock on the door. It's Peter. The little gal comes in and tells, tell, <laughs> and tells these guys that you're praying. And they're telling, you're out of your mind. Don't bother us. We're praying for Peter. <laughs> Listen, you can pray and pray and pray, but do not. Do not forget to go and answer the door when the prayer comes. Listen, when God moves and God begins to move, we have no idea what this is going to look like. No idea. We could be here on a Sunday morning and God could move on these little kids downstairs and they could come up here full of the Holy Ghost and start praying for people and see people healed, see people delivered. It can happen with our young people. It can happen on a Wednesday night. Oh, on a Wednesday night. 
It can happen any time. We, we have no idea how it's going to come, what it's going to look like. But we have to be ready in our praying that when the answer comes, go and answer the door. But you know what? Sometimes we don't do that because we're afraid of what it's going to look like. We're afraid of what it's going to be like. Listen, every, every, I got to close, I'm done. Everything that I have read about revival and everyone that I have read about that talks about revival says this one thing. Revival is messy. Revival's messy. It gets chaotic at times. A.W. Tozer said that revival was holy chaos. Now, we're not talking about having a spiritual free-for-all here, so get that out of your head right now. But guys, if you want the rain bad enough, if you want the rain bad enough, you're going to be on your face, and you're going to keep going back, and you're going to keep looking for the cloud until you're going to keep looking for the cloud until you see the rain come. Because it's here. The rain's here. It's raining right now. It's raining right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I could keep going, but I can't. Ask for the rain. Ask for the rain. You don't know what to pray for? Ask for the rain. Get diligent about it. Get down and dirty about it. Wrestle with God about it. And the word says, he's not just going to give you, Zachariah said, he's not just going to give you a sprinkle. He's not just going to give you a little drizzle. But you're going to get the downpour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.